very quietly. The kids are dismissed for Asbury Church kids, so if you want to follow Pastor Rachel next door, that would be wonderful. And uh, can I just tell you something? I love our church. You guys are amazing. Look at the person next to you and say, you're amazing. Look at the person on the other side and say, you're amazing. Oh, my goodness. What an amazing church. How many know the church isn't a building? Can, can I, how many know that the, the, the church isn't a building? But it is the amazing people that have been redeemed and touched and transformed by the grace of Jesus Christ. And we celebrate that. We're so grateful that we get to uh, just do life with you. So just so you know, we are, last week we began our 50-day focus on better than good. How many know that God wants to do not just good things in our lives, but he wants to do something that's better than good? Can I get witness on this one? You're going to have to help me this morning, you know, just, just feedback with me. You know, we, we believe that, that as we focus on, and what we're going to do over this, uh, over this time on better than good is we want to focus on the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus. It is the declaration that God has won on our behalf and that we get to share in his, in his triumph. We get to share in his goodness that God cares about our lives and he wants us to know not just a good life, but he wants to, us to know a life that is better than good. And our theme verse that, that we're looking at is found in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And it says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. Everybody say power of God. Power of God. Okay, so understand that the gospel is the power of God. How many want to have the power of God at work in your life? How many need the power of God at work in your life? How many need the power of God at work in your family, in your finances, in your, in your relationships? Well, for us to experience the power of God, you know what we need to encounter? You know what we need to experience? The gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And this idea of salvation is, is more than just uh, saving us from our sins. And that is so awesome and amazing that the grace of Jesus creates separation so we don't have to be defined by our yesterdays. But it also, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the salvation that is promised to us, is not only a forgiveness of sins, but to bring good even out of the difficult things of our lives. How many know that all of us, we deal with difficult things? And we wonder, can anything good come out of this? And God says, give me a chance and I'll show you. And we can read over in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that God is working all things together for our good. And part of the salvation at work in our lives through the gospel is he is bringing goodness out of even our troubles. Can anybody say, thank God for my troubles then, because then I get to experience his goodness. Okay, some of you are like, I don't know if I want to go there yet. <laughs> James would say this, just so you know, there are some verses in the Bible that I know people feel like, I'd like to highlight this with a black Sharpie, <laughs> right? It says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you suffer trials of many kinds. What? Joy and trials. Because he goes on to say, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must complete its work in you that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, we all want to not lack anything. Can I get a witness on that one? That means that we actually have to go through struggle. And we have to allow goodness to arise even out of the difficulty because God uses the difficulties of our lives to shape us. 
to, to empower us. And so maybe instead of being a little overwhelmed by what's going on, begin to rejoice in the goodness of God because he's going to work good out of this. You know, one of my challenges that as we go through this 50 days, what looks like a win for me as a pastor at the end of this 50 days is that we as his people reflect the joy of God a whole lot more. And the joy of God is this. How many know our joy should never rest in our circumstances? We can be grateful for good circumstances, but how many know good circumstances don't always happen? So we better find a, a reason to have joy that's bigger than our circumstances, and that's why we put our hope in Christ. And when our joy is found in Him, we can rejoice on good days, and we can rejoice on bad days. And joy is something that God wants to fill our hearts with. Um, It'll, it'll say this uh, over in Nehemiah. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I want you to hear that. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you need strength for what you're in? Then what you need is the joy of the Lord. You need the joy that comes from his presence. You, you, need, you need the joy that begins to transform lives. I feel like I'm kind of echoey in here. Am I? Okay, good. It's just not my head. Just so you know, there's not a lot between the ears to slow things down, so she echoes up here a lot. That's what happens when you lose your hair. It's the hair roots that keep things from echoey in the inside. But anyways, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes. For in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And what God is calling us to do is to begin to believe Him and to trust Him in order that we might see that goodness manifest in our lives. Now, as we continue this series of, of Better Than Good, again, the gospel is the good news of the life and death, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that, is, that, that we have for every person and for every problem. That, 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 that he invites us to experience the good news of his victory. Now, this morning we're going to talk about uh, an invitation to something greater. How many of you like upgrades? Okay, think about it. How many here like to fly? Okay, how many people, if you're flying, would like an upgrade? How many know there's a difference between economy or coach and business class and first class? How many would like to rather, how many would rather prefer to fly first class rather than coach or economy? How many like to have leg room, right? How many like more than just little peanuts? You know what I'm talking about? You fly coach, you're like, here's, how many remember the good old days? Like, it didn't matter where you were in the plane, they're like, here's your meal. Remember that? And the flight attendants were nice. I'm just kidding. They're still nice. <laughs> they're still nice, Right? But, but, you know, we, we look, boy, wouldn't it be great to have an upgrade? Or, or, or maybe you, you make a reservation at a, at a hotel or a resort, and all of a sudden you get there and like, we're sorry, we've, uh, we, we've booked out your room, so we'd like to give you an upgrade. And instead of just having, you know, like that economy room, all of a sudden you get like the king-size bed, the jacuzzi, and the ocean view. How many would handle that upgrade? Right? We, we all like upgrades or, 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 or you know, you, you go out to dinner and they're like, going, we're, we're sorry that you had to wait a little too long. We would like to upgrade your meal and like we want to provide you a nice dessert. 
for free. You're like going, I'll take it. Right? How many here turn away free desserts? Anyone? Okay, good. Nobody have to pray for it. This is good. You guys are... <laughs> right? We all like upgrades. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we feel like we deserve it. Right? Like, especially if you've ever been in a place where you're like going, dude, I had to wrestle through like a reservation line or I had to like talk with someone on the phone and, and you're like, oh boy, I deserve something for my misery. Like I had to listen to that, like that elevator music for like way too long. You need to be doing something for me, right? So some, sometimes, you know, there's, there's been a cancellation and we think, you know what? I deserve an upgrade. Sometimes we just think we deserve an upgrade because we just have a winning personality. So I, I like to do this. This is, you guys know I have problems. So one of my problems is, stop laughing, John. Um, what, one of my, my problems is when I go through a drive-thru, when they're like going, I, I'm sorry, can you just pull ahead? You have to wait. We don't have your stuff ready. The thing that usually follows that is, oh, do I get a free pie for that? And you know what? I often get one. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, my wife, Rachel, keeps going, I can't believe they do this. I'm like, it happened. And now, so you want to know, this is like, this is how you know you've succeeded as a parent. Now my children are out on their own. And Emily, she'll call me up. She goes, Dad, I was just like you today. I was in the store. And then she'll go through this whole thing about asking for an upgrade. And she gets it. And I'm just like, going, this feels so good. Right? I have a winning personality. I should get an upgrade. And, and, you know, we, we look at our lives, and, and sometimes we're going through some struggles and some things, and, you, and, and we go, you know what? I, I should get an upgrade for this. How many have had some difficult children that you've got them through some stuff, and you feel you deserve an upgrade? Okay. <laughs> How many are in a relationship in marriage, and you've been putting up with it for years, and you know, just don't, don't raise your, don't. No, guys, really, you should see all the hands that are doing this, like, like, we got, we got problems in the room. Just grab your neighbor's hand right now. We're just going to pray for some people right next to you. No, just... But, 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 but we, we, we sometimes feel like, you know, I deserve a, an upgrade. I have been through these difficult things. But what I love about the gospel, right? So this is what I love about the message of the gospel. It's an invitation for you and me to have an upgrade, to, to, to experience something better, even though we don't deserve it. Like, it's an upgrade even though we don't deserve it. And I know sometimes we struggle with, with things because have you ever been in the place where you're like, you've been in a miserable situation and you're like, you know what, I did this to myself. I, I, you know what, it, it, it makes sense that I'm in this miserable relationship, miserable family, miserable job because you know what, that, that's, maybe that's what I really deserve because of what my history is, my habits are what my hurts are, that maybe, maybe this is all there is. Yet what the gospel does is, the gospel is God's invitation to you and me, whether we deserve it or not, to experience something better. And that to me is such incredible hope because I got to tell you, there are days when I don't deserve better. But God says, listen, even though you may have a bad day, you may have a bad moment, you may be having a run of what you feel is bad luck. God says, listen, I want to bring grace to your life so that you can experience something better. That you can experience something greater, that you can experience an upgrade. 
And so as we look this morning in, in Luke chapter 5, um, we're going we're gonna to see how um, when it comes to the gospel, Jesus sees something in our lives that we can't see. He knows the problems, yet he sees the potential. And it's God's desire to do something in us to, to help us overcome the, the, the problems in order that, that that purpose, that potential might be manifest in the world. Because how we know that we are created with purpose and for purpose? And the reason Jesus came was to enable you and me to live, a lot, to live the life that we were created for. So as we look in Luke chapter 5, what we're going to do is, is we're going to look at the calling of Peter uh, in some ways before he was Peter, while he was just Simon. Like later on, you know, Jesus is going to have this, this interaction with, with Simon and say, you will no longer be called Simon, you will be called Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the idea of Peter means rock, something that's stable, something that's firm. And, 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 and Jesus changed it, and so we know him as Peter, but before he was Peter, he was just Simon. Simon the fisherman. Plain, boring, vanilla, sort of like many of us. Just a Simon. You may not know this, but Simon was a pretty common name. Nothing distinctive. Just an ordinary guy. And Luke, as he writes his gospel, and as he writes the, books of, and his, as he writes the book of Acts, he continues to write about how Jesus, he, he continually invites people to, 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 to him that their lives might be transformed, and, and he does it to common, ordinary, and even unlikely people. And as we look at this passage, I, I want to note four things, because I think the, the things that happen regarding Peter are, are, are some of the things that the gospel seeks to work in us so that we might experience something better. And so the first thing I want to note as we see in this passage, is we're going to find out that Jesus has a way of meeting us right where we are. So before I go any further, where are you? Where are you? You might be saying, well, you know, I could pull out my phone and I can, I can drop a pin on my location. Asbury Church. And, and it's getting better so that they can even tell what side of the room you may be on. You say, this is where I am. But, but not just, where are you physically? Where, where's your heart at? What, what, what are the things that you're struggling with? What's going on on the inside? Where are you at? And what's so amazing about the story we're going to see in just a moment is Jesus meets Simon right where he's at. And it's a reminder, that's what he does for you and me. And so this is how the story begins. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Now, just to give you a little bit of context, um, the, the way fishing was done in, in Jesus' time is, you know, they didn't have all this really cool, like, fishing line that we have now. And so they would have, like, this, in a sense, sort of like braided rope. It'd be, it'd be sort of white. Um, it would be really visible. And so they would do their fishing at night because the fish were like less likely to see the net and the obstruction and stuff like that. And so what they would do is they would fish all night 
And then in the morning, as they come back to the shore, they would deal with the fish, process the fish. And then after processing the fish, they would also have to mend the nets. They'd have to make sure there were no holes in it, and they'd have to take the debris and the garbage out of it. And, and so as Jesus is teaching, he's teaching, in a sense, in the morning. As the fishermen are there having fished all night, and now they're cleaning up their nets. Okay? And, um, and it says this, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. And he asked him to put out a little from shore, and, and then Jesus sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And again, as I mentioned last week, the position of authority or teaching is always from a seated position in, in Jesus' time. And so he's in the boat, sits down, and he begins to speak. And I love this story because it, it just reminds us that in the midst of the regular rhythms of life, Jesus has a way of encountering us. Like, like Simon at this point is not on some quest and some journey trying to find some solution. He's just going about his day. And in the middle of some day, Jesus steps into his boat. You know, we, we like to think of these as God moments, divine appointments, where, where it seems as though some, something, some, there's been this confluence of events and, and all of a sudden a life gets impacted by the grace of God. Anybody here ever have what you would feel would be a divine appointment where all of a sudden something just happened and God in some way stepped into your moment? It may have been through an individual. It may have been through, you know, that you heard something at just the right time that you needed. Because this is the God we serve who, who steps into the regular rhythms of our lives with his presence to begin to change everything. So I, one of my favorite uh, God moments, divine appointments, um, that, that I, still, I still chuckle about, actually happened here in Lansing on Christmas Eve. The, the Christmas Eve, it was just before Christmas Eve service, and um, what, what we were doing is, is, you know, at our house, after Christmas Eve service, we go back to our house, get into our Christmas pajamas, and we eat, right? Like, that's what we do. We just have fun. We have all the snackies and stuff like that. And so we needed to pick up a few things because the store wasn't going to be open on Christmas. And one of the things we needed was milk. And so before we came to the service, we're like going, hey, I'm just going to run to Tops. And so I ran to Tops just down the road here. We're still living at the Parsonage. Ran down to Tops. And... I am a focused shopper sometimes. This is what I'm getting. Let's go get it. And I remember just walking into Tops with a purpose. I was walking in, and as I'm walking in back toward the milk, I walk past an individual, and it triggered something in my mind. I'm like, I know that person. And I remember stopping and turning, and it turned out to be Jared. Now, Jared was actually a kid from our church when we were in Granville, before we came here. Jared was just a, you know, when, when we came to the church, um, to say that Jared was a bit of a troublemaker, right? Like one of the first Sundays, I caught him doing something. I'm like, dude, we don't do that in church. And, and then I made him wash a floor. <laughs> which was, And I told his mom and dad and, and stuff like that. But uh, Jared had a way of um, getting himself in a little bit of trouble every once in a while. Good kid get into trouble every once in a while. And, but, but we would do a life group later on, and so his mom and dad would come to our house, Art and Donna, we love them, and, and, and Jared would come with, and Jared would just plop down in our papasan, which was a seat that looked like a satellite dish, 
and he would fall asleep, and we would do life group. And it was great, so I, so I got to know him. And, and, then, um, and then we moved away. I took him to youth convention, did different things with him, but then we moved away. And um, going about my business, and then one day I got a letter from him, and he was writing from Pennsylvania, and, and he was just telling me kind of the trajectory that his life took, and his life took some wrong turns. Remember Bugs Bunny was like, I should have took a left at Albuquerque, right? Um, like his, his life was going in lots of different directions, and he ended up in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a center for rehab. And he reached out to me and just said, hey, just want you to know your impact on me when I was a kid, yada, da, da, da. And I was like, great. And the last I heard of him was in Pennsylvania. And then there was this one Christmas Eve where I run into him at Tops on Christmas Eve. And I'm like, what are you doing here? He goes, I live here. He, lived, he actually was living in Endicott at the time. And, and it was such an amazing thing because out of nowhere, I was just going about my business. He was going about his. And God brought us together once again. And I got to tell you, like, um, it's been so awesome to watch how God has used that encounter once again to begin to transform hearts and lives. Jared went through some ups and downs, and I loved him through the ups and downs. And I'm so excited because you know what Jared's doing this morning? Probably right at this time. He's preaching. He's preaching over in Cortland. Right? At Two Rivers in Cortland, yeah. And, 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 I, and I, I continue to think about that moment where I just walked into him and the divine grace that that moment was. You see, there's something, and, and, and this is what I want you to know in your life. Like, God is everywhere present. He is working and he is moving. And he will step into our lives at unexpected moments. Like, he'll step into the regular rhythm of your life. Sometimes you think the, the, the time I'm going to encounter God the most is maybe in a church service, and maybe that's the case. But don't be surprised that sometimes God steps into our boat, and that boat's at our work, or while we're driving. And all of a sudden, there, there, there's this sense of His presence, because, listen, God cares about us so much. He sees a value in us. Even in the midst of moments where we think there's this mundane, there's nothing good, this is kind of like a boring aspect of life, and God is saying, listen, I see you, you have value to me, and I'll step into your world because my desire is that you might experience something greater. Now, what ends up happening in the story is not only does Jesus step into the boat, but then Jesus does something that I think is really important for you and I to understand. And that is after stepping into the boat, after teaching from the boat, he said, put out for a little. And then he'll go on to say in verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Put out into deep water. You see, I think there's something about this. I think that as God steps into our lives... As we have these moments, that there's actually an invitation for us to go deeper. To go deeper. Now, going deeper requires more energy, more time. And sometimes it's absolutely inconvenient for us. So just imagine, you've been fishing all night. You're trying to wrap up your work day. And then Jesus steps in your boat and you're just like, okay, fine. I will go out a little so you can do your thing. 
And then he gets done his thing and he says, okay, so let's go out deep now. You're like, yeah, but Jesus, I'm tired. How how many know that, that God sometimes is working in our lives and calling for greater commitment and calling us to deeper places when it is not convenient. Good Lord, I'm tired. Do you know what kind of crummy week I had? Do you know how busy my week was? Do you know how much is on my schedule? And Jesus is like, hey, come deeper. Come deeper. Like, ah, I don't know if I can fit it in. I, I, I don't know if I can make it work. You're like, oh, I'm just tired. I just, if I could just sleep in another 20 minutes. Anybody feel that on a Sunday besides me? <laughs> please, Jesus, please. And you guys have it easy because you get the 11 o'clock service. Right? You're like, Jesus, please. You know what would be easier? Jesus says, Peter... I think it's time to go deeper. Why would he tell him to go deeper? And this is what I love about this. This is, this is brilliant. If you're taking notes, this is brilliant. Ready for this? Why does Jesus want to take Peter deeper or Simon deeper? Is because that's where the fish are. <laughs> Just a heads up. That's where the fish are. You're like going, yeah, no kidding. Right? Like, he's like, you need to go deeper because that's actually where the fish are. What, what was his profession? fishing, right? And, and what we'll see in a moment, they, they fished all night and they actually caught nothing. And Jesus is like, hey, go out deeper because there's actually something of value that I want to get to you that you need. And please understand that there are, there are aspects in our life where God says, listen, I want to upgrade your life. I want to bring blessing to your life. I want to bring a value to your life that's greater than you can imagine. And he says, but for that to happen, you have to go deeper. You have to go a little bit further than you want. You have to choose to go out even when you're tired. And the reason he does it is because what Jesus longs to do for Peter, and don't miss this, is he wants to bring value to his life. He wanted to give Peter a taste of who he really was and how his presence can impact the entirety of a situation in a life. And I stop and think, because in your life and mine, why does God call us to go deeper? Because there's good things He wants to bring to our lives. And you know what? Sometimes we miss out on the good things because we're unwilling to go deeper. Now, one note, next thing real quick. Thirdly, is what Jesus does, and so, so number one, He steps into our boat. He meets us where we are. He invites us to go deeper. But then he does this other thing, which is so awesome, is that he begins to reveal himself to us as we obey. There's something we discover about Jesus. So how many of you, when you got married, thought you knew your spouse? You loved them, and then you get married, and you're like, going, wow, there's more of them to know. I won't say if it's a positive or a negative, but you're like, wow, there's, there, there's more to know. And, and, and sometimes it's just in, as, as you're with, you begin to discover things. And, and you can be married for decades, and all of a sudden you discover something. Oh, my goodness, you really like this? Or, wow, this is, wow. I, and, and you begin to notice, because when you walk together, you begin to discover more about the person. And what Jesus says, he says, follow me. 
Because in following me, I'll begin to reveal myself to you in greater ways. Can I, I, just want, I just want you to know, um, no matter how much you think you know about God, his love, and his grace for you, there's always way more. See, this is, this is the privilege, this is the benefit of worshiping an eternal God. That means that we can spend all eternity and keep discovering his goodness. And, and, and this is part of this invitation that, that, that he reveals himself as we begin to obey. So, so what happens, you know, Simon answers, Master, we've worked all, hard all night, haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. But because you say so, he responded in faith, he obeyed. And when they did so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. How many would like a fishing day like that? He says, listen, I want to fill your, I want to fill your boat and your life so full that it's more than you can actually imagine. And the reason it happened was because Peter was willing to take a step of faith. He was willing to act. So do you know what, do you know what obedience really is? Obedience is the demonstration of our faith in God. How do you know if somebody really believes God? They obey Him. You know, another fun thing, you know how Jesus says that we know that we love God? We keep His commands. See, obedience is the demonstration of our faith in God. It's the demonstration of our love for God. And when we begin to, to, to follow and walk in faith, faith begins to make the impossible possible. See, some of you, you're in an impossible situation. You're like, no good can come out of this. And God says, hey, trust me. I got this. I'll bring good out of this. Watch what I can, watch what I can do. You see, faith continues to be the proper response to heaven's invitation. It, it continues to be this, this response where you say, okay, Jesus, because you say so, not because I feel it, not even because necessarily I want to, but because you say so, we'll let down the nets. And when we begin to respond in faith to his invitation, it's amazing what he fills our lives with. It goes on to say that when Peter saw all these fish, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. They recognized this was more than just happenstance. This was God acting in their midst. One of the interesting things that happens... As we begin to walk by faith, not only does it reveal stuff about God, but all of a sudden it begins to reveal stuff about us. I think it's interesting that he says, go away from me, Lord, and, and Lord is big. There's big language and import behind that word, so much so that, that um, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Like, there, there's something about calling him Lord that's actually quite significant and large. And he says, 
you're the Lord, and, and who am I that I would even have the privilege of you being in my boat? And then he says, go away from me because I'm a sinful man. To, to sin means to miss the mark. Okay? He's like going, Jesus, you need to go away from me because you've got to understand, I miss it all the time. I miss the mark. Like, so, today is October 1st. It's actually the beginning of hunting season. And I want to thank you for not being in the woods this morning and being in church. Thank you. Right? Some, some of you, it's bow season, right? Um, every year I get my hunting license. And most years, my freezer stays empty. I'm confessing. I'm confessing. I am grateful for tops and Aldi's, right? Like, because if we didn't have those, my family would not make it, right? Because um, <laughs> you know what? You know what? You may not know this, but you know what part of the problem is? I'm shooting. And just because I aim at something doesn't mean I hit it. I've hunted with Eric. I know he's got the same problem. <laughs> I just, I was starting to feel all alone, and it was like just isolated. I'm like, no, this, I'm not the only one in this room. But, but you, you know, you, you're like, I'm aiming at it, and then it's like, bang! Okay, I've had it where it's like, bang, and the deer looks. <laughs> and I'm like going, dude, try it again! They look strange, and it's just like going, what's that going around me, right? And nothing going through. And uh, you're like, I missed. I missed. And then, and then you got the walk of shame as you come home, because everyone's like, hey, was that you firing? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that was me. <laughs> so what'd you get? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> all right? So <laughs> laugh at me all you want. It's OK. I, I have broad shoulders. And hunting season is like all hope for me. It's going to happen this year. But, but, but here's, here's the thing. So the idea of sinning is missing the mark. It means I didn't hit the target. Missed it. Sometimes I've missed it because I was aiming at the wrong thing. Sometimes I'm trying to aim at the thing and I just, I just can't get there. And the Bible says this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Like all of us have moments in our lives where, you know what, we can aim at things and we miss them. And sometimes the reason we're missing them is because there's something in us that sabotages us from getting there. Sometimes we wreck our own marriages. Sometimes we say the words that alienate us with our children. Sometimes it's us. And Peter's like, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful man. It's like I miss the mark all the time. And one of the things that I have found that as, I've, as I have served Jesus is that as he reveals himself to me, boy, there's a part that I become more aware of some things that need to change in me. Like, boy, there's times I need to be more gracious. I need to be more like him. There, there are times when I can be stubborn, and I'm in his presence, and he's just like, going, hey, Dave, let's talk about stubbornness. And you're like, okay. It's me again, isn't it? And he's like, yes. Because what, what sin does is, is sin begins to ruin us, and it, and it sets things in motion that lead to fragmentation and death. And, and, and the thing that I love about this is that 
Peter like falls down and he's like, go away from me, Lord. And you know what Jesus doesn't do? He says, you're right, I'm in the wrong boat. The reality is, is you know what? Jesus knows Peter is flawed. That he's broken. He knows that. And the reason he came was to make Peter whole again. And he knows all of our brokenness. And he still comes into our boats because he wants to bring us to life. You see, he, he invites us to something greater. See, and, and then he says, hey, Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people or you will be fishers of men. And I love it. It says, so they pulled up their boats on shore, left everything, and followed him. Jesus invited Simon Peter to something that was higher and greater. Don't be afraid, he said. Don't be, af be afraid of my presence. Don't be, don't be afraid that you're flawed. Don't be afraid about the opportunity ahead. You see, Jesus invites us to something greater. And then Peter does this amazing thing, and I'll end with this. He pulls his boat up on the shore, leaves the nets, and follows Jesus. You see, as we think about this idea that, that the love of Jesus invites us something greater, like, please understand, Jesus still steps into lives today. See, I don't think anybody here is here by coincidence. I don't think anybody watching online is doing it by coincidence. I think God orchestrates things in moments that we can be in these places because He's saying, hey, I want you to know I long to be a part of your life. He still steps into our lives. And, and, and He's inviting us to begin to believe beyond our hesitancies. He's inviting us to something deeper, and we need to be willing to move beyond our own comforts and our own limitations. And yeah, we may have issues. We may have issues. But he invites us to process all of that stuff in his presence. And this is what I have found so awesome about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that his love for me is greater than my failures. And he can still bring good. Even when I mess up, he can bring good out of it. And he doesn't just do it to me because, you know, I have a winning personality. He does it for all of us. For us to experience something greater, I think like Peter, we have to do something that is so important. And that is learning to let go of lesser things for greater things. Just so you know, boats and nets are not bad. How many know there's a goodness to boats and nets? Can I get a witness? For those who have boats, you're like, yeah, it's good. It's good to be on the water. It's good, it's good to go fishing. Jesus wasn't saying, Peter, your boat and your net are evil. He's not saying that. They're, they're good things. Yet Jesus says, follow me. 
And Peter said, you know what? I would rather pursue something greater, and so I will let go of something lesser. And some of you, God is calling to greater places. And sometimes we're holding on to things. And, and, and the stuff we're holding on to begins to limit what God can do in and through our lives. And what we have to choose to do is to let go of lesser things for greater things. Because the love of Jesus invites us to something greater. He wants to upgrade our lives. He wants to, to, to bring better out of our situations. And what He invites us to do is to respond to Him with faith. And when we begin to say yes to Him, we say, okay, God, I'm going to begin to follow You. I'm going to begin to live for You. I, I'm going to begin to take that next step. It's amazing how He begins to show Himself to us and help us get to the place He's calling us to. I don't know about you, but I think it's time for an upgrade. I'd like a pie. Elsie, I'm just kidding. Elsie's so, so kind. Every once in a while she shows up with pie. Pastor, I made you a pie. I'm like, thank you. But you know what? God wants to upgrade our lives. You may, be, you may be at a certain place and you might think, I'm stuck here. Listen, God says, my love and grace for you is bigger than where you're at. And he says, come follow me. Let's go to deeper places. Let, let, let's, let's, let, let's go experience something that's bigger than just where we're at and having a faith that says, okay, let's go. So Lord, we hear your invitation this morning. That, Lord, you invite each one of us to something greater. And God, I know that, that we wrestle with our own stuff, our own history, our own junk. We, we, we wrestle with, you know, um, holding on to things because, Lord, they provide some security and they provide uh, sometimes a sense of identity and being. Yet, Lord, you're inviting us to something more. Lord, I thank you for moments like these where you step into our lives and you call us to deeper places. And God, I pray that, Lord, as we take those steps, that, God, you would reveal yourself to us in deeper and greater ways. And God, even if it means letting go of some lesser things, God, we're willing to do it, that we might experience the greater that you have for us. And just while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how many would just simply say, you know what, there, you, you, you just sense that, that God's prompting you towards something greater. And maybe there's a sense that there's some things that you've been holding on to. That's just like, you just feel God saying, you know what, it's time to begin to let this go. Maybe, maybe it's a hurt. Uh, maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's, maybe it's a possession. And, and you're just going to say, you know what, I just sense that God is calling me to something deeper. And if that's you, would you just lift your hand? Because I want to pray with you. See those hands. Anyone else? And those ones, thank you. Lord Jesus, you see these hands. And God, I just pray that your grace and your mercy would surround. Lord, as, 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 as individuals acknowledge what you're calling them to, Lord, I pray that your gospel and your grace would meet them to touch them, 
to change them. God, here we are with arms open wide to you, to your purpose, surrendered to you. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.